Shout out to that. Um, was at Walmart and I got a, a little container of um, Halloween snack mix mm. for my family. And I was at the self checkout, and the snack mix, just so you can envision it, is like purple and gold and green popcorn and some chocolate covered um, <laughs> tiny pretzels and little <laughs> MMs. Wait, 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 so wait, wait, like wait, 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 wait. I, 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 yeah, I feel very bad interrupting already, but you are literally describing Mardi Gras food that has yeah. been sitting on yeah. the shelves. Well, no, it's, and there's black. There's black uh, uh, candy corn in there, oh, and it's there's a, there's like a spooky label on it, like it's got <laughs> rats like, and stuff. It's like a, yeah, it's so spooky. So I got I went I'm at the self checkout and I have this plastic container of of snack mix for my family, and I set it down in the buggy and apparently was not sealed properly, <gasps> and so it just split completely open and dumped the entire context of the snack mix into my buggy <laughs> half of which immediately spilled onto the ground and there's little M&Ms rolling everywhere <laughs> and I've got, I'm bending down to pick up the little pieces of cereal out of the buggy but every time I pick one up four other pieces cut become dislodged oh, no. so it appears as though I'm just jamming cereal <laughs> and popcorn and candy corn through the bottom of the buggy and spilling it on the floor the little hard candy pieces are rolling just rolling everywhere in the Walmart and there's a woman in a um a, no- a a large novelty witch's hat uh, who starts uh uh quickly rushing over me going oh no oh no, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, finally i got to a point where i am just pushing the snack mix through the buggy so i can get down my hands and knees and start picking it up and i get this empty container i'm very sadly holding up the line as i put my pieces of popcorn back into my snack mix container and a guy walks up behind me an employee puts his hand on my shoulder and he says this is walmart you don't have to do that. <laughs> and he, he, he takes the wheel. I like that it's not conveyed as like a, uh, this is Walmart, it's like a nice place. It's just like, this is Walmart. It's, Wal- it's just it's Walmart. No one it's like notice. Texas Roadhouse, baby. Part of the, just put, yeah, the, put just your stuff on the floor. Becomes part of the part of the texture. Hell yeah. My name is Justin McElroy, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Griffin McElroy, and I yeah, I know the best game of the week. My name is Chris Hacker Plant. Watch out. Beep, boop, beep. I'm in your terminal. Uh, that's <laughs> Did I stun you? <laughs> and my name is Russ Frushick, and I know the best game of the week. Welcome to the Besties, where we discuss the latest and greatest in home interactive entertainment. We talk about uh, a game every week, a new hot release. It's like a king of the hill that goes all year long. It's a game of the year book club show about video games. It's a video game podcast. I don't know what you want from me, but I hope it's a discussion of Watch Dogs Legion. Point. What is that game? Watch Dogs Legion is the third entry in the Watch Dogs series. Which, if you don't know, is just, like, a dude walks around as a hacker in a city and cause real mischief to, like, undermine the man. Except this time, it's not silly and light. It's extremely serious because it's set in a post-Brexit future London that is taken over by, like, I don't know, mega corporations. Mm. And, 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 one thing, you can play as anybody. Anybody. Whoa, that sounds thrilling, and I want to hear some more about it, and I think I'm gonna right after this. Brief pause. This episode of The Best Leads is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so 
you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their Aura frames, and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. Has a game ever been less fit for the moment it was released than Watch Dogs <laughs> and less welcome well ever less less enthused if animal to... crossing had come out this week the animal crossing thing is is spot on because it's like the beginning of the pandemic they're like what if there was a game that made it feel like you could go outside and f- see friends and then for this they were like what if we did the opposite you mm. are completely distressed about politics <laughs> and the future of the world but what if we made you lived in a worst case scenario how how, how does that sit with you but don't worry, you've got a cell phone. Right, you've got a magic <laughs> cell phone that can make cars crash into each other and drones get all higgledy-piggledy. Listen, this is nobody's fault. It just is what it is. Yeah, it's, they started making poor, this it, game a very long time ago. Yes, it is poorly timed. This is part. This is the uh, the the sharp end of the stick when you're making a uh, you know a politically charged game. Sometimes. Those old dice are going to shake out wrong on you. That's just the the way it goes. Sometimes they're going to come up snake eyes on the old timing front. But it still has that like infuriating Ubisoft a a politicism. Like despite the fact that it is about uh, a government takeover by corporate interests and like the tension of how that lands with the populace, and that is sort of like the whole thing of Watch Dogs Legion allowing you to recruit anybody. As if it is suggesting, like, everybody is secretly waiting to join the revolution. Like, there's yes. so much there, and yet, like, nothing nothing so explicit in a way that, like, introduces this this dissonance that is, like, really, really very bizarre. And something that they had to work really, really hard <laughs> to introduce to the game. It's the classic Ubisoft, Ubisoft um, assumption, and I think you've seen this play out in a lot of different open world games, but this idea that, like, all the people are basically good... And they're just waiting, and the government is bad, and they're just waiting on you to do enough spray paint and billboards before they feel comfortable uh, uh, rising up against the government. It's just like the weirdest, most naive Pollyanna way of like of viewing this sort of thing, especially in the face of like actual real world like political revolt where real lives are on the line. Like it feels very 
bad. Well, let me, let me, I want to address that in particular. So, you know, we've been talking around it, but you're right. You control a number of people around the city. And as you do little like side missions, you, you know, fix billboards and stuff like that. And people get happy and then they're on your side. And that uh, 100%, I agree, is the like most simplistic way to present a very, very complex thing. We've also talked about the fact that this is like a really terrible time for this game to come out because of everything. But I do wonder whether the simplicity of the game may be the only way to present this type of thing in this type of game. Because otherwise it would be like, hey, the last three hours that you spent saving this corner of the city, nope, still fucked. Sorry. I I think that gets it. The, the kind of fatal flaw of this game. And I want to be clear, there's a lot to like in this game. We're going to get to that in a we're, second. We're going to get to that, but this is, this. we're in the middle of a wild contested yeah. election. So like, let's, we got to talk about this. Talking about what the, what the game philosophically is, is where I just feel bad for it because I think it is a lot more political and actually has a stance than literally any Ubisoft game outside of, you know, like that Ghost Recon, Neocon, Wildland. Hawk Nightmare. Yeah, sure. Um, but, at the end of the day, it's just restrained by what a video game of this style is. Like, yeah. you know, it, it, there are a few things you can do. You can either hack and do environmental puzzles, or you can shoot people in the face. And sometimes that's with a stun gun, or sometimes it's with real bullets. And because it is so ambitious with this, um, you can play as anybody, it never grapples with the things that you're doing. So if you are playing stealth, at least in my experience... And you go and do, I don't know, like spray paint stuff and then solve a thing, solve a, a, a hacking puzzle with a drone. The results are more or less the same as if you play a like former army <laughs> lieutenant who goes in and literally shoots grenade launchers at people. And then afterwards they're like, I don't know, it, it all worked out. And it's like, hey. Quick correction. Uh, it says in the details of the different uh, guns there are in the game, which you can upgrade alongside a bunch of different other things with uh, tech points. Which is, in my mind, the equivalent of like uh, crackdowns, agility spheres that you can jump on top of buildings to right. go hunt down. Every time I see one of those pop up on the map, I'm like, oh, excuse me, sorry. They all say in the descriptions of the guns, like this non-lethal grenade launcher. No way. This it does, yeah. This non-lethal MP5 submachine gun. Some are not. N- not all weapons are non-lethal. Like there, there is definitely like. Yeah, some of them are just an AK-47. I mean, maybe it fires quote you know Batman rounds. Yeah, that's that's what the 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 thing they lean on, I think. Yeah. Um. So like, uh, that that's one thing, and like I don't, I think the alternative way of presenting this politics wise is like a Grand Theft Auto, or at least that's the only other example of this that we have, which is like you know a big ambitious open world game that is politically charged, but the way they handle the like not Pollyanna side of things is just everyone's so fucking stupid. Look at how stupid. They, like they're bad, yeah. but they're just dumb. They like dumb things. Like, and that's not better in any way um but let me say this i did not expect to like this game at all and i think it is fun as fuck it is the most fun i've had playing an open world game in forever i want to paint just a quick picture to put this to put this (laughs) out there Uh, very quickly into the game very quickly into the game you get access to this big open world map where like i said you can find these tech points which is like the main currency you use to upgrade your hacking abilities your weapons your everything so there's this incentive to like and this is what i love in an open world game to just like run around real quick before you do anything serious and like stock up on these resources to make yourself into a a a deity uh and i started doing this and i was having some fun doing it and then i hacked a cargo drone which is just a big drone 
that uh, delivers packages. And I was like, oh, that's fun. I'm going to land it next to me. And I landed it next to me. I said, oh, that's super fun. I'm going to climb up on top of it. I climbed up on top of it. I was like, there's no way it's going to let me fly around on this. I was flying around like the fucking Green Goblin for two or three hours, just like (laughs) running around, throwing my spider bot down onto a building, going around and like hacking some stuff to make it real, real sweet for me to swoop in like Santa Claus, reverse Santa Claus, just like taking (laughs) everyone out. And I did, and it was so fun, like so much more fun than anything I've played in a Ubisoft It's really cool. You get, uh, like I had a character who obviously could summon that drone, a construction worker who could summon that drone. And that was like their thing. Uh, which made it felt like hacking sometimes, like getting to the top of a building that you needed to, you know, do some computer stuff at the top of, which is the bulk of your missions in this game is doing some computer stuff. I unlocked just randomly uh, a spy, and yeah. it was hilarious because I looked at you can look at the badges of anybody out on the street and uh, look at their I- info card that kind of tells you like what kind of person they are. And I l- randomly looked at this dude who just looked cool, uh, just like this <laughs> tall black dude in. a in a jet black ball it kind of looked like um uh lance reddick right mm. uh and like a black tuxedo i was like that dude looks cool what's his story and it says spy and my character uh just in the moment was like that's wild who put spy on their info card that is bizarre <laughs> but anyway i did a mission to recruit this dude he's got a, a magic watch that disables enemy weapons he's got the cloak he can summon a spy car that can cloak invisible <laughs> and shoot rockets. And all of a sudden I was like, I was going from like kind of lukewarm on this to like, oh, this is my game. I'm this dude. Yeah. Forget everything else. I'm not recruiting anybody else. Look at this guy. Yeah, I want to go back to what you were talking about, Griffin, with being able to get on, like fly anywhere, but then drop that spider drone. I think what uh-huh. I really dig about this game, and I would love to see more open world games do this, is how wildly different all the point of views are like most open world games you're a person right and you walk around at street level and that's kind of how you see the world but being able to like go from street level to literally bird's eye view of the entire city to i'm a tiny 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 little drone that is like working my way through the um air vents of of a building it 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 genuinely makes this world feel more realistic and believable than oddly enough all of the politics like all of the narrative yeah. stuff doesn't do it for yeah. me as much as just getting around this world in all these different ways and seeing every little nook and cranny and y'all the game looks good um look it runs good. like fresh i i have a feeling you want to tell us about your experience playing on pc yeah that, it, tell, talk about how great it looks so first, uh, and then on, we'll a, on a rtx 3080 <laughs> Or an Xbox Series X. What's that? What's that bad boy run, Chris Plant? <laughs> Next on the Xbox Series X, it looks great. If you're using okay. a last gen uh, GPU, Fresh had l- less of an experience. Yeah, so Plant had a, like a baller setup, <laughs> and I'm sure it ran great on his ultra wide thing with uh, you know people teleporting in and giving him new graphics cards at a minute's notice. It was great. For me, I'm on a 1080, which is two years generation behind. Um, and I had to run the game windowed at 1080p with medium settings, and it ran almost playable. Oh, my God. <laughs> I would say, wow. like, it would be stable, and then it would plummet to, like, 10 frames a second for 15 seconds, and then it would be stable, and then it would plummet. So I would say if you have uh, older hardware... Um, do not anticipate running this game very well at all. As far as I'm aware, I don't know this for sure. I played on PC. 
I think the like current gen like Xbox One, PS4 are gonna like yeah. probably cough out a lung before they can run this game smoothly. So do not anticipate that. Uh, but I but I will say, despite it running kind of shitty on my computer and me having to dial down all the settings, Griffin's right. I had a surprising amount of fun just playing it because I think what they've done a good job of is smoothing out a lot of the rough edges of the hacking stuff to the point where it's like very quick to do things. Like being in a gunfight and there's like a van parked in front of you and you can you know quickly hack the van so it drives into a bunch of guys that are in front of you was is like awesome. very smooth. I know it's been something that's been in previous games, but like I think they did a much better job of that. I also, you know, I know we've talked about like Justin getting his OP spy guy. I enjoyed just random characters like appearing and like, oh, this person looks different and they have like a different uh, accent and yeah, you know, they're older cool. or younger. Like it did make me feel more attached, but I would also say like I ended up. I know you can play this game with permadeath where like if one of your people dies, that's it forever. I found that um, I ended up like just bonding with like two or three people in total and then like considering them my core team and not really, unless I was forced, not really diverging from those folks. Um, so for what it's worth. I will say mechanically, one of the things where I felt like I wasn't really clicking with it at first, I constantly felt like I was not doing the best thing or the thing that they wanted me to do, right? Mm. In a game, a lot of times you feel the hand of the creator kind of guiding you towards, you know, if you just look around this corner, there's this one pipe, and if you find that pipe, that'll lead, yeah. you know, creating a critical path there. And I, uh, when I was playing initially, I could feel the edges of those paths, but I couldn't seem to get on one, right? Where I felt mm. like I was following one of the tracks. And then I realized, like, the longer I kept playing, like, it really is open-ended. I mean, it really is like they, it's not just lip service to like, you could approach this different ways because it's a very different approach. Like there were times where I would see a tiny vent and think, God, I wish I brought my spider bot in with me. Cause I, mm. that might make this a lot easier and I'd have to find another way to do it. But I find what I found is just like committing to a play style, even with it from character to character, but like committing to like, this is the way that I'm going to do this. This is how I'm going to go in. It usually will like, mold to the way you want to play it pretty pretty easily and once i kind of committed to that and stopped looking for like the right way to do a given situation i enjoyed it a lot more i i also found that like in in that exact scenario you described of like oh there's a vent that has like some tech points in it i wish i brought my spider bot in most of those cases if you keep looking around whatever like restricted area you are in you will almost always find like a spider bot spawner that will then yeah. drop like i never i never had that thing uh that i hate in you can switch characters at any time right unless you're in a restricted area which is where a majority of the missions take place and in, in classic ubisoft fashion if you're in there and someone sees you they will freak out and and try to get you um but like it, you don't get that that RPG thing of just like, ah, fuck, I wish I'd brought the thief in here to unlock this treasure chest. Because, like, it is uh, in the best way that that sort of customizable character games can go, like, you're not completely locked out. You have so many options that even when it seems like, oh, shit, there's a hole in this gate that I really could have gotten a spider bot through, it's like, well, uh, you know, keep looking around. There's a switch you can flip that'll just open up the gate. It's, it's yeah. so, so wildly open-ended. It is funny to me, though, that like this very common thing that happens where I'll drive up. There's a there's like a secure area. I can't go in there. If I go in there, they'll start shooting at me. I'll drive up. I'll stand stock still directly in front of the main entrance to the security area. I'll pull open my phone. I'll do some hacking. Chaos will fucking ensue in the secure in the secure area. People are getting shocked and exploded and the spider bots running around. 
and they have no idea that it's me. Yeah. Just the image that I'm just standing that there. That gets at the problem <laughs> of, of the game and its story in general, right? Is like that that is the inherent problem with this game. Is it is a game that wants to be taken very seriously and about a serious yeah. subject, but it's an inherently funny game. Like it is yeah. the the freedom that it gives you is inherently goofy. And I think it felt like with the, you mentioned the spy stuff, Justin, that they must have realized that at some point in the middle. And as a result, the game is somewhere in this kind of weird zone of it. I personally enjoy it most when I just kind of ignore the setting. For example, you learn how to use the in-game camera by being told to take pictures of mutilated dead bodies in a morgue. Yeah. Like, there there are so many bits like that where it's like, what are you doing? Like, why is so much this game about um, illegal organ trafficking? Like, I, I don't get it. I... It, I, I I feel like this is going to be like uh, Clint Hawking had this happen with Far Cry 2. The director of this game directed Far Cry 2, which is a beloved game. It's also a notorious game because it is such a grim place to be in, in terms of a a video game world. And I think we're going to see a lot of great ideas that are in this game used in things that are different. And and probably more palatable to a, a broader audience. I hope this game does well, honestly. Um, but I, I I don't know if it will. It feels like I think Austin Walker at Vice said like it feels like an experiment or like kind of a first draft, and I I think that's definitely true. Yeah, I do think that like as much as I enjoy the like multiple multiple character thing, I think it somewhat is an illusion because effectively, because the differences are not that dramatic, effectively. The gameplay between Watch Dogs 2 and Watch Dogs 3 maybe has changed like 10 or 20 percent. But because you're playing as different character models with different voices, you feel like it's more it's it's almost like an illusion of like being more ambitious than it actually is, which, to be honest, a lot of video game development is just that is like giving you the perception of innovation while uh, you know, playing it somewhat safe. And but that's that's what's so funny about this game is like they had to have something they couldn't just market this game as it's watchdogs legion we give you about 20 percent more things to do in the core gameplay they're like they needed this big thing to hang their hat on but the more time i spend with it the less i give a shit about the like recruit anybody and they've got different perks and different abilities like that's cool but for me it's like that extra 20 percent is what i've never really liked a watchdogs game that extra 20 percent for whatever reason gives you just that many extra options when you run into a place and, oh no, I broke stealth, shit broke bad. Oh no, that drone spotted me. What am I going to do? And it just gives you just enough, like, opportunity to Mm -hmm. save the situation or turn it into something, like, really fun. And and that that is what I would tell people about this game is, like, if you've played Watch Dogs and you've never liked it, like, that's the thing to care about in Watch Dogs Legion, not this, this like, recruit the world yeah. thing that is the only thing people talk about. Also, you should try all the hacking. The game has so much fun, immersive sim, sim elements. Try it first. If, slash, when you get frustrated, switch to the, like, guns blazing characters, because the combat in this game is surprisingly good. Um, it borrows a lot. It feels like kind of division esque without having to like fill people full of lead. But I, yeah, I was or Splinter Cell. I got like Splinter yeah, Cell. Yeah, I, I from kind it. of avoided it for a long time, and I was pleasantly surprised how well that part of the game is. <laughs> you can also you can do both. I I I have been playing through like entirely pacifistically, like really really going. If somebody if people draw guns, I run and like wait until I can come back with a better opportunity. Until I was cleaning out this like 
open air market that was being run by this like uh, uh, crime syndicate and I hacked the drone with a new like hacking ability I just unlocked and the drone had a taser gun and I was like oh okay and I just flew that drone yeah. around like fucking Batman <laughs> like literally taking out like 25 people and I was like well pacifism's out the window I have a gun <laughs> gun like <laughs> bird that now I can just like take people out with and it doesn't really it doesn't penalize you for that. There's no like karmic no. system that I've I've picked up. If you draw guns, everybody else draws guns. That's it. That's the extent of it. And that's all it really needs to be. One other thing that I want to say before we wrap up is just a general piece of advice because I know everybody's thinking about what consoles or graphics cards they're going to buy. Uh, I played this game on both a very high-end PC and Xbox Series X. I played some other things that I can't talk about just yet on both systems. And I will say this. If you're having to make the choice between a very expensive and a PC and a Series X or a PlayStation 5, go with the console. The difference is negligible. Um, That's not to say that the the PC can't do more. It definitely can. But the console versions are so well optimized with AAA games so far. uh, And the ease of use is just so much greater that I strongly recommend console. And I, I did not expect to say that. I really assumed yeah. I would be saying otherwise. Um, so if you're on the edge, I hope that that kind of helps you make your your decision. Yeah, I was talking to Point about this earlier, and I basically view the this generation of consoles, at least for me, having like this pretty, well, couple years old 1080 uh, graphics card, I view these consoles as like a stopgap measure almost that will get me a few generations down the road to better NVIDIA cards or whatever I'm going to get while running every game that I ever really want to run realistically. Well, you know, if there's a small indie game that comes out on PC, I can still run it on a 1080. But anything that's graphically intensive, probably going to come to consoles, too. So this seems like a really good solve. And at $500 is pretty, you know, comparatively cheap compared to like a high end graphics card. We'll talk about it in the coming weeks, but it is kind of incredible how good some games run on on the consoles. I I I don't know why I expected it not to be as good as it is because uh, generation transitions usually aren't so hot. But wow, wow, wow. Anyway, Justin, what do we have next? Uh, we're gonna, I have a lot of hope uh, for us <laughs> talking about Little Hope. Thank you. That's the best I have, and there's more of it coming. Y'all. You already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track, especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want, get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties rocketmoney.com 
slash besties. You go get a phone. You just want a phone to talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details. And all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense. Mint Mobile. They're wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, easy solution, save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month? Say bye your overpriced wireless plans jaw-dropping monthly bills the unexpected overages sound familiar to get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month go to mintmobile.com besties that's mintmobile.com besties cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com besties additional taxes Fees and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. We're about to enter a very intense period of time where like 19 games come out within two days. Uh, I feel like we're not quite there yet, though. I feel like we're still in somewhat of a quasi lull outside of Watch Dogs, which is why it's good that we can talk about this game, Little Hope, which is like a smaller, relatively smaller game that is also very weird. Um, I, w- um, I will admit to not having uh, played this one, despite the fact that I uh, enjoy this studio's work, because it seemed like multiplayer was like the the way to go. It was like the thing that everybody talked about for, um, God, what was the last one that they did? The first part of this... Man from Medan. Man from Medan. Um, of Medan, maybe? Yeah. Uh, so I will I will rely on uh, the three of you for, for your yeah. hot take on it. Um, I'll, I'll try to give like a brief overview of what this game is. So, so this game is called Dark Picture what is it? The Dark Pictures Anthology colon Little Hope. Uh, and and all of these games basically are the same core idea, which is it's a horror movie and you can decide how um, the characters in that horror movie react to various situations and it changes the way the story plays out. It's essentially been the same since their first game, which was called, what was that called? On PlayStation? Oh, Until Dawn. Until Dawn was their first one. And and for what it's worth, if you're curious, Until Dawn is now available as part of PlayStation Plus. So you can actually try it for free if you cool. have PlayStation Plus, which is very cool. Uh, Little Hope is um, a, you know, also a horror game. Uh, the the premise, as, a horror, as horror premises go, pretty typical. You are a group of, you know, randomly thrown together students on a bus that crashes on the outskirts of a like uh what is that like a salem-esque town like village um but it's set in modern day so uh and the idea is you have to go in and you know encounter various spooky things like like all hot horror stories you're just trying to get to safety basically yeah there's there's spooky things are keeping that from happening for sure um but but griffin's right like i think the multiplayer is probably the most interesting aspect of this yeah there's a lot of different ways you can play my yeah. wife and i actually played like sitting on the couch um passing the controller back and forth and when the game starts you actually assign 
each of the characters to one of the people who are playing. I mean, you can play it all mm-hmm. by yourself. It's not really designed that way. It almost, I think it says as much in the menus, but we kind of assigned it to where like we were passing back and forth between characters. And what's kind of neat about it is that for most of the decisions in terms of like dialogue and stuff, there's not really time to talk about, uh, to, to come up with a consensus. Yeah. It's really like that person making those decisions, um, which is a cool way, I think, of uh, of of doing that like cooperative narrative thing. Yeah, it reminded me of uh, like Telltale games where you really just have three seconds to decide whether Clementine's going to eat human people or not. So um, when we played multiplayer, Fresh and I online, it, it, we were seeing two different screens, so it wasn't like we could pass back and forth. Uh, and at one point, we didn't realize who the other person was playing as. And only yeah. when we got back together, we realized we had been trash talking the respective person's character. So, like, I just hated the character that he ended up getting stuck with. <laughs> so, I spent like the last five minutes being like, Linda, woof, like, what a real pain in the ass. How about her, right? Like, I can't wait to throw her to the walls. And then, like, I come back and Fresh is like, oh, so uh, Linda's been talking trash about Ashley over here. And I'm like, oh, she wouldn't dare. <laughs> and i think that's where like it really sings because you're right justin it is two completely different experiences because you being justin sitting on a couch next to your wife playing you can see both sides but when i'm playing with plant online plant goes off he does his thing i can kind of hear a conversation happening in the background while plant is doing his thing but i can't quite make it out like you would if you were at like a dinner party and you can hear a conversation but you can't quite make it out so i know he's doing stuff but I'm doing my thing. And then how much we share is sort of up in the air. Uh, you know, there's an early moment where Plant, like, <laughs> learned that there was, like, ma- he, like, grabbed matches early on. And then he was, like, shouting advice to me. And I didn't hear the advice in the game. So I did the complete opposite and ran into the house and burned alive. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. Um, but that sort of, like... It's like this asynchronous multiplayer that I really haven't seen in this sort of story game before that I think made for a really unique experience. Yeah, the story itself um, is whatever. And I've heard I have we've not reached the ending. I've heard the ending is Yeah. I, I had it spoiled for me. I'm I'm not feeling like I'm going to play it to the ending. Well, it, it has multiple endings for what it's worth. Like there are ways to not have it be brutal. But I, as just a, a an exercise in like fun, like just for goofing around I, I think that's like the best way to go into this i, I it makes it kind of a hard rec- game to recommend at full price i think um but yeah. I, but i mean man of medan I, I imagine you can probably get on sale semi-regularly that's the game before this and i've heard really great things about that one can we talk about the framing device real quick oh it's yeah. kind of it's kind of weird there's like an old dude named the curator and he's like i've got a real spooky one for you tonight he's like the crypt keeper creeper, he, uh, yeah, he's like a crypt keeper except yeah. there's some sort of like faux nickelback <laughs> music <laughs> that like brings in the title sequence and he's like anyway i've got a spooky one for you let me open my book and the music is terrible like there's this five minute action se- sequence of montages of this old man just walking around his house and the music's like time to die with the old man getting his book uh and it it is uh so it's it's so it's a little cringy is, it like the it's not summoning up the atmosphere they want i think is it that much worse than like literally every remedy character like it has some pretty serious sam lake alan wake 
vibes yeah, to it. Yeah, I get. Yeah, I get. Yeah, I get. Well, Except the the tone is supposed to be it's the the thing that it's supposed to be trying to do is like spook you out. And the yeah. the uh, uh, Alan Wake thing is just supposed to be kind of weird, which like yeah, yeah it definitely feels feels strange. I like the fourth wall thing though. I like a game where I like it, and this goes back. I guess this is my FMV stuff but like I like a game where the character is talking directly to me and acknowledge that really draws me in I like that aspect of it I like being like talked to directly by someone who knows that I'm playing a video game yeah I I have realized and I didn't realize this until I started playing this but it's becoming more and more clear I adore when Europeans make games about America. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Big, Big heavy rain fan. I love living here in Philadelphia it is my favorite. I cannot wait to go to an American baseball game. There's a moment early on in this game where um, you're in like a, a shitty bar. And one of the guys who's like this, you know, older guy, he's like, hey, are we going to play some darts board? <laughs> Whoa. That's not what that's called. No, <laughs> we don't call it that. <laughs> Reminds me of that 50 cent uh, blood on the sand that was created by a British developer when you get to hear like, fucking Wiz Khalifa or somebody be like, it's safe as house, it's 50. <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> I don't think so, Wiz. Uh, y'all, I, I know we are uh, running a little late. Should we just hop directly to what we've been playing this week? I, I have still been back into Animal Crossing in a big way, and I've noticed just sort of anecdotally that uh, I feel like a lot of folks are, and I think it's probably because of the state of things and, and Animal Crossing being kind of a relief, but I also... Uh, I don't know. I've just, I've just, I've just really enjoyed my time with it. The Halloween stuff was was pretty cool, and you know, we're in, in a time of year where like the season changes feel a little bit more uh, like like the changes are bigger than they are going between like summer months or you know stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying my time with it. Yeah, I'm I'm I've been dipping in just to like get the fish and bugs for a various month. Um, I do think it's still missing like the bigger game changer gameplay things like it still feels a little like the core game hasn't changed that dramatically and i know there's stuff that people have been waiting for like the cafe and the gyroids and stuff like that there's precedent for that uh the new leaf came out in what 2013 2014 and then like two or three years later they released uh welcome amiibo which added like a ton of shit to the game Uh, so much stuff like way after people really cared about or were talking about that game in like the mainstream way so i have, I have no doubt yeah i keep, think that'll keep it, it, expounding on it especially considering the success of that game i also dipped into wow a little bit because i was thinking about checking out the shadowlands expansion i typically dip into wow when an expansion comes out and play through the story stuff and then immediately fall off and uh it's still it is it's still world of warcraft I may I can you can play as a little robot gnome now and that's enjoyable to me. They've had, that <laughs> game is so I played so much FF14 over the last couple of years that like going back to WoW is so wild cuz it's so cartoonish and like lighthearted and silly compared to Final Fantasy. Um yeah. But I don't know with Destiny next week, right? Beyond Light is next week. I don't I I don't have the time to spend on multiple games of service games. And so I, I may just not check out WoW at all because I anticipate that Destiny is going to win me back over. I've been replaying Dead Cells, weirdly enough. Uh, Dead Cells, if you'll remember, is like a Metroidvania roguelite uh, side-scroller. Um, it's on basically every platform. And over the last year or so, 
they've released 20 significant updates to adding like various pickups to entire areas. I bought the DLC, which I guess got released. It was the first paid DLC they really put out for $5, which is a steal for how much content they've like thrown into this game. But if it's been a while since you've played, uh, I really recommend jumping back in. They added like character skins and costumes you can unlock, which I always love cosmetic stuff. Um, it's really cool to see games like that um, from smaller teams that are successful, but that they continue, you know, Stardew Valley is like the ultimate example of that, but just continuing to add new and good Also content. from a preservation uh, perspective, I believe you can go back and play any version of the game. Like all the oh, various I updates, I, I think on PC at least, you can go back and try hmm. all the different versions. Anyway, that's neat. a thing that uh, I have very quickly, an update, kept playing 13 Sentinels, Turns out, uh, it's fantastic. It's even better than I had said last week. And a lot of the things that I was like, worried about that. Don't worry, friends. <laughs> Not as bad as I thought it would be. So um, uh, stuff that we talked about last week, I, I, I can now pretty confidently recommend uh, 13 Sentinels to, to everybody. The other game that I have just very quickly, Teardown. Have you all heard about this? Uh, only from you. Yeah, it's getting a little bit of pickup on uh, Twitch, um, and the way it works is it kind of looks like Minecraft, but the voxels, like everything is made out of voxels, are much smaller. So I think there's like, I don't know, tons, dozens of, of uh, little voxels inside of the average Minecraft cube. And the point of the game is you are a thief who gets these various levels where you need to break into buildings uh, by busting open all these voxel buildings and steal stuff, which on its own would be fine. It would be like a totally okay formula. The real trick is once you get into the game, the first time you grab a thing that you're going to steal, it triggers a 60 second or however long alarm, and you have to go get everything else. So the real fun of the game is basically turning the entire world with via destruction into a capoeira playground so that once you steal that first thing you can sprint across the rest of the level stealing everything else by like jumping onto cranes and then jumping through holes that you cut into a building and then out a wall that you poked through that building and onto the top of a flatbed truck um Hmm. it is really 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 cool and i think it's a game that we'll probably i have a feeling all of us will talk about later as more more of y'all play it um, yeah, I, I dipped back into, uh, first off, obviously Hades goes without saying, just, I don't know why I'm still just playing it. I've been in it probably 20 times at this point, I guess, maybe 25. I just keep going to like finish all the, they're so mean. They keep throwing out little interesting stories to talk about and like little, little things I want to wrap up and stuff like that. Uh, it's extremely cruel. Um, one bit of advice I'd give if you're playing through Hades repeatedly, go ahead and start throwing out nectars to anybody when you got nectars because you'll eventually want to give nectars to a lot of people and you shouldn't just sit on them because you don't know why you (laughs) have them uh or else you'll end up doing a lot of places in the game where people just don't show up and you can't give them one then and it anyway um and also i dip back into scourge bringer uh on switch it's very cool especially after you guys told me you could adjust the speeds a little bit that's really neat because i had like 10 runs where it's like okay I'm not getting any further. So I just slowed things down a little bit and because I want to see what else was in there. I think it's a really cool option for a game like this. Is that it? That's it. Yeah, I think that's next it. Next week. So next week next- is going to be pretty buck wild, huh? What are we, what's, yeah. what's, what's on the docket for next week? Because there are so many things that could be on the docket. There's a new fucking console next week. Boom. Yo. 
Bam. We're going to talk well, about Xbox uh, that doesn't happen very often. Series X and S. And we'll talk about, I don't know, we, we should talk about a few of the games that are going to be on that. Like the Yakuza, man. Yakuza rules. And it's on the Xbox. We can talk about that a little bit next week. Is that okay, Fresh? Yeah, Yeah, sure. I think we'll talk about Assassin's Creed uh, next week, yeah. uh, which we can't talk about yet, but uh, definitely next week. It, just, just to check in so justin and griffin at present you guys do not have pre-orders for the xbox is that correct that's correct i do have a pre-order correct. for i mean the ps5 is out next week too gang comes out the 12th that's next yes thursday we, we have a bit of a, an issue because of the timing that we record uh we by the time we record you will not have playstation yet by the time i record justin i also griffin. there's no way i'm going to be able to find a series x uh but yes i understand your your point we are spreading out the next gen love across two weeks. We will be doing an entire PlayStation five episode after the week after the Xbox episode. So worry not Sony cronies. Uh, we yeah. will be sending you love as well. We'll have plenty of time to talk about all these games that are coming out, whether that is Yakuza or dirt five or call of duty or Assassin's Creed. There's a lot coming out and we're going to make sure to keep y'all up to date. You aren't going to have to wait till December to hear about some very good games, which I can say because the embargo is lifted. Yakuza is a good game and I can't wait to talk to y'all about it. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us for this week. Thank you for joining us. Uh, a reminder, if you want to share the link to our show with some other folks, besties.fan is the link to do that. If you want to email us, mail at besties.fan. Maybe you got some questions about the Xbox Series X. You can send them our way. Uh, we're on Twitter at the Besties Pod, where you can also find a link to our mailing list to sign up for all the latest and greatest in in besties news um but that is going to do it for our episode for this week so until next time be sure to join us again for the besties because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best games It's a Spotify original podcast in association with Fox Media. The show is edited by Jelani Carter and produced by Ben Hosley. And our theme song is by Ian Dorsch. Besties!